lights up so it begins. Hi there. Let's do this one again. I'm sorry. I That's fine. Take whatever. Um. Anyway, how was your? We didn't. We didn't do last week. We didn't post last week, and that was because. Not because we, we didn't do it. We just I I both watched the video that I don't post videos, but I watched back to see and and I looked I could see on my face the emotion that I saw in the in the conversation, which we're not gonna revisit at this point. Maybe we'll come back to it at another time, but I was definitely dead last week. So I'm not sure there was I didn't hear much coherent and it seemed like you were saying a lot of I think you're saying I'm not sure. So I I thought we agreed that it was stupid and so I didn't post it. But the point is, we did do a podcast, and my goal was to make sure every week we do a podcast. I just didn't want anybody to hear it, so I didn't post it, and that works for me. How has your week been? You've had a crazy week this week, just in life in general. You're under a lot of stress this week. You usually work one day a week, and for some reason, because someone went on vacation, right? Your yeah. your world has been inverted, and now you're working a 32-hour a week, which is plus yeah. being a mom, a church planter, a... Uh, Grandma, grandma, uh, currently hosting uh, on this week, hosting our child and their her husband and our grandchild while they're transitioning to another place, which for Mm -hmm. me means our garage is full. Right after I cleaned it out the other day, Um, for me means our house is full, literally, and every floor and every (laughs) hook and every uh, couch. And there really is no nowhere nowhere for sanctuary. (laughs) So that brings me to our question of the day, which is how do you hold up under stress, or how do you? Um, handle stress. Hmm. Um, keep your cool, keep your cool under stress. stress. That's what was asked. And yeah. so fake it is my original. Yeah, I, absolutely. You just make sure nobody answer. knows you're stressed out <laughs> exactly. until you explode all over them. For, how, so my well, question to you is, what's the ideal? What would you say is an ideal answer to that question? What would what is because we have I think we have a vision in our mind of what that perfect person who manages life and stress well. Hmm. What do they look like and what's going on in their mind? What is you know to quote some famous poet I will keep my your mind in perfect peace who's keep in perfect peace those whose mind are stayed on thee yeah that's I think Isaiah. I reveal that, that is in the Bible a, somewhere yeah, <laughs> anyway what about you what do you think is <laughs> the perfect funny. model for that um well so a second ago before we started this or something we said there's a couple different kinds of stress I think there's some like immediate something goes wrong and you've got to react to it but then there's also just the buildup of too much burdening pressure or uh, underlying, like we were saying, carrying a burden that you don't even sometimes realize going on. So I guess to me, the person able to do that isn't going to change a lot. They're going to be kind of consistent in their uh, facial expressions and reactions at the same time as, you know may be able to be honest that they are under some pressure so I don't know that it is hard this week has been difficult for me but mostly from a tired perspective and I do think it throws you off to be able to know even what you're capable of or going to respond to if you're overly tired or if your situation is such that you're um, under the you know different circumstances I guess or different types of things so that different things come out than you don't sometimes expect I was thinking of though when you said that or when we were asked that keep your cool in stress I'm thinking of about three or four different scenarios and all of them completely different such as majorly in my life would be uh, having a baby going through that literal labor time and delivery there's so many different stresses that happen you're expecting most of them 
you still don't know what to expect because even if you've had a baby before each one's a little bit different but if you haven't you don't know what's gonna you know the, the actual pains and stuff that you're gonna feel but I think part of it the the long drawn out labor you you deal with you just manage as you're going you have as good of a pers- prospect as you can take rests when you're able to rest so that kind of relates to life some some parts of it are more pressurized so you kind of take some deep breaths and you get through it and then the next part you can relax a little and rest you know that's kind of life ebbs and flows that way a little bit it's working itself up to though a great stress which you can't again can't anticipate how your body's going to respond what's going to actually be is it going to be emergency is it not is it is it going to be something i can mentally deal with or not i remember kind of equating that as I was going through life kind of like someone on a a running a marathon or running just a long run even doesn't have to be marathon length you you pace yourself there's some stress along the way but it's not unbearable you know you, you just deal with it once you get to a place of this is getting a little harder it's getting a little bit different than I've dealt with before you know I'm pushing myself a little bit or whatever and then you you approach it a little different. You either set some immediate goals in your mind. I can make it to this point, um, past that point. I'm not sure. You know, yeah. when I'm in labor, I was thinking I can get to this point, but but then something kind of hits you over the head. Either in in the run, maybe you fall, or maybe you you know all of a sudden you can't breathe right, or something like that. Then then you've got to manage right then. What what's going to happen now? You know, and some of that's just innate. Some of it just comes out, and you don't realize it. When I was in the middle of the most stressful part of labor and trying to start to push and whenever I remember those immense pains or, or you know, un, un, um, uh, uncontainable kind of, I've never felt this before kind of feelings. And I remember crying out, Jesus help me, Jesus help me. You know, those, those underlying, this is where my stress does go if I'm, if I'm truly built on a rock, which I believe the Bible says to do that then that's where my mind went. He's going to make me stable. He's going to make me able to deal with this, you know. And I do believe Sam, in the long run that was true. You're such a great metaphor that no man <laughs> in the world would understand. But if you had just stuck with the general female answer, which is chocolate, that's how you deal with stress. Oh, you I see. Keep your cool under yeah. stress. That's yeah. that's what I thought of. Was Never release my stress. Food, Taco oh, Bell. Is. I don't know. <laughs> so that's, unfortunately, my, my I do appear to be a man who's dealt with stress oftentimes in that way. And, uh, you know, but... <laughs> not the best thing I it, it is a good metaphor um, and I think we can get the as a dude we can get the concept of you know and it's contained I think but as a guy we can also relate to how do you maintain your stress while you're raising your kids because that's not as contained <laughs> um, it has some of the same ebb and flows it's kind of funny and kind of fun now to see our children trying to do what we did with them our older ones mm-hmm. and um and questioning how we're handling our youngest ones sometimes and uh i have i spoke with a lady earlier this week who was raised in a family of four and she said that they told they tell their babyest child um that she was raised in a family of four she was raised in a family of seven like we have seven she had seven and she said they all tell them their um, their youngest sibling that um that uh, you're welcome for breaking in mom and dad so that <laughs> mom and dad weren't as hard on that. And we hear that a lot. Um, so I think that for us, I mean, stress, as far as parenting, we learn um, ebb and flow, what's important, what's not important to stress about, I guess. Yeah, but, maybe so. Because that several things come to mind. Again, running that race, I remember running a, one of the runs that I 
was on um, one of the 13 miles or whatever by the end of it I thought this is so metaphorical to life and how you have to save up some energy and by the end you want this particular outcome this is where the goal is you know it's this looks like that well with kids our goal for them is that they're you know for me that they're stable kind of able to handle their lives a little sort of self-sufficient able to make some decisions and go do their own thing and then from our home able to um, prayerfully bank that all on their faith which is that God is in control ultimately you're not you know and submitting to him being surrendered to him is going to be the ultimate goal of your life not a lot of money or a lot of prestige or whatever you know those kind of things so I think if you can keep that in mind even in your stressful moments you're going to turn them to Jesus you're going to be in the middle of this I remember my mom coming home um telling us that her mother had passed away and I remember the first thing we did she was you know in in a frantic state and tears and whatever but we knelt on the floor in the middle of the room and and prayed and I remember praying for her or hugging her I can't remember the exact uh order what happened but I remember that's what I saw from my mom the most stressful moment I can really ever call to mind was that moment and I remember her first thing, her first go-to was to kneel and pray, you know. So you've identified two ways to deal with stress, was um, physical exercise, labor. You talked about mental things, and, but also you, in, in the, um, as far as exercise, you talked about running the race and having a, a mentality, a goal in that. Um, so, so, you know, having a goal, then you talked about a spiritual component, um, which prayer you know giving realizing that there's something greater than yourself Mm -hmm. um, realizing that God is there for you Jesus is there for you Um, the other thing is uh, recognizing that I forgot I was gonna go somewhere I dropped a pin and my brain (laughs) fell with it to the ground so I have no idea where it's where I was going with that but the uh, so I mean those are specific things and I but when you earlier on you said there's different kinds of stress Mm -hmm. and I thought to myself (laughs) that's true we can't just assume that stress is bad and when you talk about giving birth that's a stress you're under that has a glorious right, result a good uh, hopefully goal. always well and um, it's when you plan for kind of you yeah know, you're kind of well you can't some, plan some, for all yeah. stress <laughs> you can plan for it once you know it's happening right so <laughs> it's okay we're gonna have a baby we got to get ready for this um and and that's another thing you know one of the ways to deal with stress what i've been getting a lot of conviction about is discipline um mm-hmm. a disciplined life leads to a less stressful life um, and I, I hate that because unfortunately, as I start looking at anything from budgeting to uh, how you eat or how you get up in the morning or go to bed at night, you know, if you if you put structure in place and you live within the structure, you have less stress. Yeah. Um, and I'm I'm I apparently that. must be way more stressed. My my dis- <laughs> my disposition doesn't um, promote a lot of stress. God's I'm, I'm, blessed you with a. Uh... Oh, I can deal with this kind of a everything will work out right? in the end. Yeah. It's all gonna be great. So you don't need discipline. You can, That's uh... the problem. That's why I'm probably got a lot of evidence in my life that 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 attitude has been a defeater more than a helper. Because as you get older and that cheer is harder to muster, you see the wreckage of a cheerful, undisciplined life. And I mean, my life's not completely undisciplined, but there are areas right. I I'm concerned about. You know, I, I watch this stupid thing last night, Tanya, um, 
and my biggest fear, I've always joked about the fact that if I'm in a zombie apocalypse, <laughs> I'm going to be eaten because it takes me five minutes to get my knees underneath me once I stand <laughs> up. You know, so I've got to, even if it's a slow moving thing, right? Slow moving zombies are coming. Okay, I get out of the car. I got to stretch. Wait a second while my knees start to feel better. And then I can start to walk and I can get, I can move pretty quickly after that. So I watched this stupid thing on Netflix. Here's a free ad for Netflix called Black um, Summer. And um, it's basically a zombie pocket that is all fast moving zombies Ooh. and they turn like that on a dime and they start chasing you immediately. So I'm already dead. The movie's not even <laughs> on and I'm already dead. But there's a guy in it and I finished it last night, speaking of lack of discipline. Um, and uh, it was it's like six episodes or seven. So um, they're trying to get somewhere and there's this one guy who you like really quickly and he's making progress and he's getting through. Well, in the last, epi two, in the last two episodes, he spoiler has a, alert. they're running. Spoiler alert, spoiler alert. If you haven't watched this and you want to watch it, don't um, <laughs> listen for the next 25 seconds because all three of you out there. Um, so anyway, the guy is, is coming along. Well, he has a, giddy, has a hitch in his knee and all of a sudden he's slowing down a little bit and he stops. And so they get into this rampant fight. They get separated and they're trying to get someplace. And he falls down at one point and he pulls himself to the side and he battles his way through. He's doing great. I mean, he's battling way through with a bad knee, but he's He's hopping and he's going, but you like this character. He's been the right guy the whole time. He's always made the good decisions, kind of. I mean, this is a <laughs> terrible situation. This is it's one of these, if there's no, you don't get to know the characters that much, which is kind of good. The long and the short of it is, as they're running in that final crisis, literally just ahead of them is their goal. And as they're moving through it and a horde of fast moving zombies are falling over barriers and trying to come after them, <laughs> he loses the leg and they're carrying him almost to get oh, to no. the end. And this one girl turns around, just looks at him and goes, and shoots him in the head. They drop him and they go. Ooh. And I'm thinking, they just left me behind. <laughs> <laughs> no, they shot you and left you well, behind. Well, th so speaking of stress, because of whatever, because of the lack of whatever, he had an injury maybe. But my, for me, it's discipline. I get shot in the head right before I finish line. <laughs> and so this is how I process videos that I watch sometimes. Um, so how do I manage stress? Well, I need to manage some things better, or I'm not going to make it through the zombie apocalypse if they're slow or fast at this moment. <laughs> and that is definitely an immediate threat so let's deal with that how would we deal with that? <laughs> well i mean it is what it is right but um but well, so, so, but so other... discipline helps all i'm saying is that if you have a life if you have some structure now that to give an answer to that i do have disciplines in my life that give me the ability to cope with sure stress. and spiritual Absolutely. disciplines i'm pretty strong in. well what i was going to say was i still think whatever is in you what it, you have always said whatever's in you comes out when you're in under stress so whether or not you've disciplined yourself to manage some of those things, ultimately when you have to hit a wall that is whatever it might be, a, a tragedy or a specific over the overwhelming moment of stress of some kind, whatever has been trained into you is what's going to be coming out at that moment. So if it happens to be that you learn from someone, a parent or, or undisciplined things, to just blow up at everyone around you and blame them or be bitter about whatever, then that's what's going to come out. If instead you have laid a foundation of when I'm in a crisis, my refuge is going to be Jesus or my foundation is going to be what holds me up, which is the rock, you know, then that's what's going to hold you and carry you. And, and that's been true of you. So the other disciplines that might, like you're saying, guard you from stress along the way, those maybe need, you know, you could deal with more or we could all kind of build those things into our lives. But I, I definitely say that the ultimate of stress is going to be when, 
whatever it is that hits us in the face that we have no ability to prepare for comes our way then we're gonna that's what's gonna come out <laughs> what kept, went to, through my mind was again being at my mom's and my youngest son coming in with blood all over his face and trying to figure out what he was um either bitten by or hit by or whatever. Uh, Do you remember when I, yeah. Elijah and he was missing a tooth and he was, oh my gosh, it oh, was Elijah. a really bad situation. Well, ultimately, we did end up having to take him to an oral surgeon because he had a uh, tooth that had been ripped out or something and whatever. He said the, uh, I can't even remember now. He fell and thought thought he'd hit, we thought he'd hit a rock. Then we thought the dog may have bitten him. We couldn't figure out what was going on. He wasn't young enough he was out there with other people but nobody saw what happened yeah. it wasn't like he was neglected or anything but no one knew exactly how to you know struggle through that well all I can think still is that I don't remember that with much trauma maybe because up to that point Elijah had already had at least six other near-death episodes <laughs> that I think we survived you know so that was just one more I guess but you know what comes to my mind because I do remember one particular um, one particular one of those because Elijah really did have about and I'm that's not a stretch truth there was about at between four and six different times that he near died and one of them was and I guess I'm being honest here one or two of them were being left in the car in the middle of Phoenix when you know obviously God rescued him so it wasn't we weren't neglected, but I do time, remember, but, right, yeah. exactly. It's like we got But those were things like, that were true fears in Phoenix. Yeah. A couple different near drownings, which were another huge fear in Phoenix for all the kid, yeah, children. Then there was, um, he almost fell out a window twice. He had an iron dropped on him at one point <laughs> and knocked his finger. He's but I remember, I know. <laughs> well, I remember after a couple different one of those really being in a lot of fear for him because he was... I guess he's first he of all, he's the youngest of seven. Twice, yeah. Well, he broke none of our twice. kids. Zero out of seven kids, he has had surgery twice, twice. <laughs> for the Nobody same injury <laughs> on both sides. <laughs> Super weird. No, I think it was was it, was it both the same? Sides? I don't remember I don't anymore. Remember I just know he's been pinned up a few times. Well, what I was going to say was he he was the the stress of that, and we hadn't had to deal with that much up to that point. And in Phoenix. I was attacked a lot by fear. Did that mean we got worse as parents? So, <laughs> no, never so what I was going to say was the, the, there were a lot of things thrown at me that I hadn't ne needed to, up to that point, know how to deal with, I guess. But I remember asking God to quiet those fears because I had no ability to, to not be afraid of the next thing. And like I said, these were near deaths. They were right. not just oh, he's got a cut knee or maybe another broken bone, which are not still really life-threatening. They're just, you know, normal to go to the emergency room with a young kid, whatever. These There were several times where he was within an instant of death right. and didn't. I remember praying and, and kind of crying out to the Lord for an answer why this was seeming to be in a constant attack. And I remember that God reminded me that... Um, Elijah's name and and when we picked it out it was a kind of a neat fitting thing for a mighty man of the desert but it was mighty man of the desert not little boy so I felt very comforted that God said he's going to grow up to be a man you'll be fine you know I'm going to carry you through these things so I guess what I'm trying to say is in the middle of each one of these different stresses that one course with births and stuff I knew God these lives were in God's hands and my life was in his hands if he didn't want me to live through that he you know I wouldn't but 
this was a life that he could oversee and bigger than I could deal with. And same with the way I deal with my fears for my kids anyway. God loves them more than I can love them. So he's protecting them. But that was a, a real absolute word from God that gave him comfort that I'd, I would not have made it through all those different weird You know, it's kind of scenarios. funny there's just, I, I almost think that for us doing this podcast is almost, I'm not stupid, that's not the word I'm looking for, but. Silly, because we're always going to, I mean, we're going to sit here and I can, I'm just going to forecast this for the 20 years we're going to do this podcast until the day we die. And we're going to tell <laughs> the people who listen, all four of them, because it's been 20 years, we should be up to four. Okay. Um, trust You're in funny. the Lord with all that you are. Because, I mean, I'm sitting here listening to you and there's components, you know, discipline, mm-hmm. um, preparation. Sure. Uh, you can uh, I was I listened to, as you were, as you were talking, I heard you say, attack the stress, the subject matter of the stress. When you think about it, when a kid falls down, you don't just go, oh, I'm stressed and run around in circles. You, you know, because <laughs> my, my stress whatever, yeah. this week was waking up to a bloody wall in my bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. when my daughter brought her grandchild over and I was exhausted and I was asleep. And so my, my granddaughter was in the room with me, Rory was, and she was watching Paw Patrol on another ad. <laughs> no spoiler alerts there. Just watch it a hundred times. Um, and while I was sleeping, she was cuddled up next to me, so it was good. And then apparently Ezra came over, and and I was out cold, and and Hannah just <laughs> threw him in there with us, and I had no idea. And then I hear Rory. I, then I hear her mother say, "Just this is fog for me, right?" I hear, um, I hear Rory. You're supposed to not let him open the door because he's safe in here watching TV with you. He got out, and he was in mom's shower playing mm-hmm. with her razors. I heard that. It registered a little bit, but I wasn't stressed because he was obviously okay because he was put in the room. So I didn't think much of it, right? And then I keep hearing Rory go, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I'm like, Rory, what's going on? I guess I need to get up anyway. So I sat up on the end of the bed, and I threw a foggy haze. I look over, and on the door, I see these stripes running down. Then I start to get color. You know how when you first wake up, everything's kind of black and white for a second? So the field of color comes in, and all of a sudden I'm going, it looks like a scene from The Shining. There's blood on the wall. There's blood on the door, but it's all short. It's all below our bathrobes and stuff, and I'm going, why is... And then the razor blade hit me in the head. I'm like, wait. Rory, where's Ezra? And Ezra's... Now I process the rest of what Rory's saying. Oh my gosh, Ezra, stop bleeding. (laughs) Okay. So I should have been stressed. I'm way off subject. Forgive this ADHD moment. It's a funny story. So I say, Hannah! And she comes mm-hmm. running in. And so that what they did next was we... Rory was, Rory was young was and, and three. So she's like, stop bleeding. Stop. So mm-hmm. I think a lot of us sometimes are running around going, stop being stressed. Stop <laughs> being stressed. Instead, just clean up his finger. He had a cut on the end of his finger and fingers bleed crazy. Yeah. The stupid thing was he wasn't stressed about it. The <laughs> no, whole time we're, he's like just going around going, I'm just hanging out. Look, finger painting. And, I mean, he's a boy, so I guess a hole in his finger is no big deal. He didn't bleed out. Um, <laughs> so we, <laughs> through his finger, that'd be kind of hard to do. But anyway... I think it's interesting because just like that story, you know, Rory's just running around trying to get it to stop and going, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Instead, (laughs) so one of the subjects I heard you talk about too was, you know, when Elijah fell down, those kinds of things, we addressed the issue and it resolved the stress. We weren't stressed. Okay, so tooth knocked out. Oh, it stinks. He doesn't get to have teeth until he's, you know, what is he? He's 13, 14, 15 now. (laughs) So he's got teeth now. But, um, But so I hear those things and I guess what's funny to me is, but still in the course of that conversation, I'm totally identifying you because you're going but Jesus but in my you know (laughs) I'm aware that God's got my kids 
Mm-hmm. I'm aware that I'm a steward of my kids, and I want to. We can create stress around that too, right? We can go, mm-hmm. oh, I got to steward God's children, right? I got to steward God's money. Sure, we do, but we are all stupid people who make stupid mistakes now and sure. again. And, we and so are we're not, not going to be perfect stewards, and we got to give grace to that and understand God's yeah. bigger than all that. So that's going to always we, be our answer. God is the answer. Hannah and I were talking on. about that this week, and if we take on that we can only be responsible with the best we've got from our perspective. Right. But there's always times that are out of our control, out of our hands. And if we take that on all on our shoulders, even for raising our kids or for doing whatever, obviously it's a big, too big of a burden to bear. And you have to stop somewhere and say, this is where I'm limited. And this is where God takes over. You know, my mom, um, taught us a a very valuable scripture and I think it applies to just about absolutely everything you could ever need to 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 use in your life and that's Proverbs 3 5 and 6 when you trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean on your own understanding of anything of any situation of any stress and in all your ways acknowledge him and he's going to direct your path he's going to you know lay that out ahead of you if you're giving God the credit for things then then obviously he's involved in your life. He's leading you. He's directing you. And you're looking to him. So no matter what you're, you find yourself in, don't trust in yourself. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And then watch for him to work. So even in these moments, like I'm saying, you can't know what stress is going to come against you. But yeah. in these moments where you can kind of cognitively take a, a step back, like you said, do some practical things as well as find out what's what is it that you're relying on what is it that where your go-to is if you don't have that you are gonna melt whatever fall apart have a psychotic episode i don't know (laughs) because you have nothing that undergirds you the bible talks about uh building a house if you build it on a sandy um sort of foundation so picture yourself you know, we've gone to the beach and built cat sand castles. And as soon as the water comes up and whatever, that's completely different structure now. Maybe it has structure at all. Maybe it doesn't have anything because it, it sinks it's out ruined. from under it. Yeah. And it also falls apart on the outside and whatever. But definitely there, underneath but it, it, dis- it pulls out all of the strength. So it has nothing to go for. You know, you have to rebuild the whole thing. If you instead build a house that's on a solid rock, and there are many we know about that you know, actual good foundation material is, is solid rock, that that house, even if it's built with wood or things that will decay, it's going to stand. The structure underneath is going to remain and it's going to stay strong. So the Bible's really clear that, that that would be Jesus. That would be the, the foundation of wisdom that the Bible has to offer, the foundation of trusting God, not yourself, the foundation of believing that God is bigger and in control more than you ever can have control. Those things are, I I just don't know how to live otherwise myself. And I guess because I've always understood that from the foundation of a home that taught me that, that's where I fall. And when I do, he's never let me down. The Bible's clear that he's faithful, and even when I can't be faithful, and that's been true. That's what I've lived. It's what I've experienced. You know, and that's what I, so back to what you pass on to your children or how you teach them to deal with their own children. I I have no other words other than that because there are so many ding- things we've dealt with, ups and downs of life that I would not send them to a anger management course 
I would say, you know, here's a place where anger's not the best. Can you can you turn this over? Man, that's a whole or, other subject. Sure it, it is. Just hit, <laughs> well, it just hit me. Anger management, the tools that, that we get in this life. And believe me, okay, we probably so, need that help, so, right? Because I do, don't but handle gonna, my anger I'm, all that I'm going to do what we do, and that's, let's bring it back to Scripture. What does the Bible say? Take every thought captive. What the heck is an anger management class except for identify things that are triggering you? You know, yeah, right. Take captive your thought. <laughs> Figure and out then what it is. The, the, the message of others is replace it with a different thought. Well, in non-religious circles, that could be, um, you know, I like French toast. <laughs> and that calms you down. I don't know why that came to mind. I'm pineapple, not a big French right? toast man. I like pineapple. That's okay. better for me. Pineapple upside down cake. Let's just be straightforward uh, when we talk about lack of self-discipline. Words, use pineapple all the time. Do not put a pineapple upside down cake in front of me and a fork. Um, so anyway, yeah, but it's a trigger. But the point is um, that we subject it to a greater power. And I mean, this is what I've been dealing with just personally, is in those moments when I'm losing control of my thought, or I'm letting my, my thoughts travel down a path that's destructive that creates stress for me ultimately, either after I finish that process or yeah. before, rather than taking a hold of it and subjecting it to a greater authority in Christ, then um, then I wind up not cool yeah. under stress. I lose my cool. I lose my sense of self. I lose my sense of of confidence. I mean, when we lose ourselves in stress, when we lose our yeah, cool, right. we lose our, our stability. That's when we... It expresses itself in lots of ways: depression, anger, anxiety, mm-hmm. um, or just you know being an unsettled, difficult person. Sometimes um, you said something earlier. I don't remember what it was. You can see it on someone's face, facial expression. Yeah. You know that person always looks terribly angry. You know, or <laughs> upset or worried or stressed. Anyway, I don't know where I'm going with all that, but it's no, I mean, that's I do. right. Well, I was thinking about what occurred to me was the the reference in scripture. Um, of, I think it's Hebrews 12 of discipline having been trained by it I was going to look that up I think it's Hebrews 12 uh, Hebrews 12 yeah like verse 11 or something like that I think um, because because of disciplines in your life you're training yourself to think a certain way or to be you know uh, reacting a certain way or like you said to in those moments of lack of self-control to gain control because I've trained, oh, this is what I trained for. Again, back to running. When you're running, you, my experience, and I've done quite a few, at least half marathons, where you've got to take the pace, but there is going to be a wall here or there. You've got to either get over and endure or you've got to take a walk for a few seconds and get your breath again if for some reason but then you've got to pick up and go that's what life is you can't stop life because I'm tired I can't you know go on but you discipline yourself in order to be able to get over those humps or those places where it's what you didn't expect or it's you know um, a mountain you didn't expect to have to climb or you didn't know how to climb it or whatever it might be Um, it's for discipline you've had to endure for God is treating you as sons, but then later on, for the moment of discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields a peaceful fruit, peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who've been trained by it. So all that discipline seems like it brings its own pain and stress. But like you just said, it's a type of stress that we at the moment kind of choose. We choose to choose, you know, to um, take our mind or the thought captive, or we choose because in the moments we can't choose, 
because for whatever reason it's literally hit us in the face, we'll automatically choose. Well, it'll be yeah, a, our a, default a, reaction would be yeah, to it'll say, be our you know, God's got this. Right, yeah. exactly. I think that's what I'm saying by <laughs> why labor was the best example to me because having been a woman and been in that situation, it's out of your control. It feels very out of your control. Your body's just doing something crazy and you can't, there's nothing you can do about it. At the same time of knowing that it has to happen, you cannot anticipate what those, you know, things that are going right. to do in your body and how you're going to respond to them. But you can at those moments, first of all, believe that God's still in control, even though you feel completely out of control. Number two, believe that in this sense, this is a natural process. God built this into our female Start bodies to be able to do it. Well, and it's not, what I'm saying is that's not an emergency situation. Like you've, uh, you know, some people going through a surgery that's un, unprecedented, un, you know, whatever. Yeah. This is a, a biological process that our bodies were built to do. So there's things like that that can bring you some comfort, even though right at that moment, it's completely out of your norm, completely anything you've ever dealt with and you could have ever prepared for really. But to have that sense that God is still present, he's still in charge, he's still really overseeing this and in reality in that sense ordained it, we're going to get through this. And again, there are fears, there are realistic fears, there's fears that have hit you from unknowns, but there are also fears that have been talked into you from other people's situations and, and uh you know, experiences, circumstances that don't apply and they shouldn't, you should be able to kind of take those thoughts captive and sure. whatever. So <laughs> remember you've talked about delivering Aaliyah and how right before that you had all those, <laughs> well, you, I think you alluded to it in one other podcast, how you had that emergency or we were watching, you were watching a TV we watching show ER, that had, <laughs> and I don't think we talked about it in the podcast. I think we just talked about it recently, but we were watching ER, and I, it was an episode where Eclampsia killed a woman, and they but they showed like and, a you know, similar TV, setting. Well, no, they actually showed the baby's head crowning, mm -hmm. which I had seen before because Aaliyah wasn't our first child. But I was refreshed on what that looked like <laughs> at that moment. And you said the baby's coming, and there was no one there to deliver the kid. Yeah, a midwife me. was an hour away, and, and she was so on her way. I ran in there, and I turned and looked where babies come from <laughs> and there was a crowning head and so of course that image of everything that was just fed into my mind because what a great right. thing to do while you're cleaning your house and getting ready for a baby to come into the world let's watch <laughs> er because <laughs> nothing bad will go on um, and um but told i just you to turn it off about an hour ago no <laughs> you probably thankfully did. i wasn't watching um, it <laughs> meanwhile um that that happened to be an episode about weirdness but it didn't well, take my control of my mind because and what was weird what is was a, Aaliyah did turn out to have cord wrapped around her neck and I had to I actually had to do some things I got the nickname Dr. Sawyer in the <laughs> church for the next couple of years it was you a, had to breathe a second believe God and take thoughts captive absolutely. that the fear was not what the situation yeah, was the or away. that you needed to worry about I did but, I but it did leave an indelible impression. I, mean, <laughs> I sure do remember the moment. Stress has a way of sticking <laughs> in your the moments like that where you have a victory or defeat has a way of staying in your mind. So how you weather this, again, another topic, how you weather that storm um, is going to leave a mark. And it's going to train you it's for gonna, another yeah, time. It's going to train you for the next time one way or another. Well, one thing that that story has been is an, an, a real representation of taking that fear captive to the obedience of Christ. This is not that situation. This is this situation. How do I trust you in that mo this moment, Jesus? 
And I believe that he can change those things because I believe fear, there's a song out there now that fear's a lie. Well, fear is a lie because it's not, you can't predict the future. So fear is trying to tell you what's gonna happen that may or may not happen and definitely not the way you think it will. I mean, because you have no way to know that that's what's on the horizon. So fear is a lie. It's telling you something that's not um, happening. So if we can take that thought or that fear captive to Jesus and lay it before him. I mean, I believe there's an actual, we, we need to stop and we need to say that prayer. We need to cry out to Jesus. The scripture is really clear that my cries, my heartfelt, urgent, um, desperate type of need for him awakens in me, I think, a faith. It also awakens, a, a, who knows, maybe it calls the heavens to order and asks <laughs> angels to come help. I don't know, but yeah. I believe that God hears and, and the Bible says he does and comes in that moment. The Bible also is clear that our praises can, God inhabits the, the praises. So as soon as we can turn our heart toward praising him and dispelling the enemy, my mom's always trying to teach me that, that that that's again a moment that you take captive, that you give to God, that you literally put in obedience to Christ. You put that moment as well as your mind. So, and stress of all kinds, I think can be handled that way. We don't always handle it that way. And it's not easy, especially when it's maybe communication with your spouse, which is apparently the next uh, topic we have to talk about, according to one of my daughters. Or communication in general. Well, because that a, tends to be the, the biggest stress, stress we don't trying know. To communicate with your spouse. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And it's the biggest stress that we don't know we're under at the moment, I think. That's so true. Well, and communication is... Uh, stress it's takes it's, on a whole new... Um, Dimension when you're working with another person who has their own issues, right. trying to work it through issues together. And it's outside of yourself. You can't take control of it. So it's, mm -hmm. yeah. And so, I mean, when it comes to communication without breaking and turning this into an hour podcast today, <laughs> when I've got to go to work, um, the, the, uh, the thought just kind of bookmark that is, uh, you know, leaning on taking thoughts captive in the conversation between spouses is harder sometimes because yeah. you're just that person's right in front of you and they've just said something stupid and you need to deal with it or not stupid but offensive or something that just makes you unique or as you like to say to me sometimes are you correcting me I'm not trying to correct you no, <laughs> I'm just saying it in a way that sounds very stupid on to your ears or not well, or theologically not. we're trying to become one with this person and I don't even think we know that it's just like an innate you know way God built has built that to not understand that person is to not understand your own self is what it feels like at that time. So it gets really overwhelming, I yeah. think. It's a good conversation, I think, you know, because you and I process, well, every human being processes input differently. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, it's not as easy as looking up on a screen and seeing waveforms. It's it's what's going into our brain and how's it being, you know, turned around. Anyway, I, I think so we've, is it, what do you want to, you got I, something to end with today? Yeah, can I just end with, this is what that running example always leads me to Philippians 3. Uh, not that I've already attained this or I'm already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me, made uh, me his own. I don't consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way, and if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal it all to, also to you. Let us hold true to what, we've been, what we have attained. 
In other words, where you've come already, what you've known, what I think, what you've already been trained by, hang on to that and keep being trained by that same thing, looking to the goal of being like Christ because the the goal still eludes us. We're not going to be perfect probably ever, you know, on this planet that we'll even be able to understand, but that perfection that he has is where our goal is. So our eyes are there, which is why the Bible yeah. says a focus on him. The author Bring it all factor. the way back around. So you have to have a goal <laughs> yeah. that's greater to manage the stress in the middle to get to the goal. The, and mm-hmm. some of the goals, let's see, what was it you said? And so some of that stress is intentional. Some of it is, you know. Um, yeah, some's built into being human. Some of it's just part of li- living life together. But none of it stands on its own. You've got to have both. And boy, again, another thing's intentional. You know, being intentional about creating stress, you know, spending that time meditating you know, in the scripture. And, and yeah, because training yourself, training like yourself, you said, self-discipline. Yeah, huge, huge. Wow. <laughs> just feel like we're just getting started, but we're going to stop. So anyway, um, thanks. Love you. And the shirt looks great with your you. eyes. Oh, and I will uh, see you. Well, I'll see you again and soon, but we'll see the podcast next week. We'll probably talk the next time we podcast. <laughs> we won't right? talk again until the next <laughs> podcast. This is how you manage stress. Avoid one another for one solid week. No. No.